Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Edwin. We are continuing to talk about these frightening woes. Yes, we are. I lengthy passage in Matthew 23 where Jesus has uh, directed his aim at woe after woe, which was a, a curse, a pronouncement of judgment upon the scribes and the Pharisees. And after reading all of those a couple of days ago, we we're just kind of backtracking and digging into particular ones. Yeah, and you did such a fantastic job reading that lengthy reading the other day. Well, I, I appreciate you noticing that. And you and you let me just do one little woe yesterday, but I'm going to let you do two today. You up for all that, right, reading yeah. a couple of the woes? So I've got Matthew 23, and we're going to look at verses 25 through 28 from the New King James Version. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of extortion and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees, first cleanse the inside of the cup and dish, that the outside of them may be clean also. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. The Pharisees and the scribes were very in tune to the ideas of cleanliness. Okay. And for them, cleanliness was, well, it was next to godliness. It was, cleanliness wasn't next to godliness. For them, cleanliness was It was godliness. godliness. And that for them, it was righteousness. Yeah, we read earlier in Matthew where they criticized the followers of Jesus because they didn't see them uh, washing their hands correctly before they ate something. And so now Jesus uses a metaphor of cleaning dishes because that's mm-hmm. also something they would do. They would clean their dishes to make sure, well, if, if somebody who was unclean touched them or if something was unclean touched them, I need to clean the dishes. Mm-hmm. But he has this picture, and it's really an odd, weird picture of all they're doing is cleaning the outside of, of the, the dish, dish and leaving the inside unclean. I mean, can you imagine going to a restaurant and, uh, you know, I actually, and, and actually maybe imagine it. I think we've all actually that. had that experience, haven't we? Yeah. Where, you, you know, it's a nice white coffee cup. And when you pick it up, there's a mysterious ring around the inside of it. Yes. A little bit higher than the level of coffee. Yeah. Something's not right <laughs> here. Not something's right. not right here. And what do we do? We send it back. Yeah, that's right. Now, the interesting thing, of course, for them is this idea of cleanliness is not, I, I use that kind of illustration all the time to, to drive home the point, but it's not just the idea of, oh, that's disgusting. Man. For them, it's yeah. defiling. Okay. It's the idea of, I've, I'm supposed to clean this thing completely, otherwise it, it's defiled, and it will defile me. And the Pharisees, listening to this idea, well, of course we would clean the inside of the cup. That is ridiculous that we wouldn't clean the inside of the cup, because we are very concerned about cleanliness. Mm-hmm. Just like they were very concerned about tithing. Yes. <laughs> But this is a parable. Remember, I see parables. Yes, you do. And he's actually not talking about cups and plates and dishes. He's actually talking about the Pharisees and the scribes themselves. Like as people? Yeah. The cup, the the dish is the Pharisee. Mm-hmm. And what he's saying that the Pharisees do, they do with their own selves mm-hmm. what they would never, ever do with a cup or a plate or a dish. 
they clean the outside, mm-hmm. but they're not cleaning the inside. And this is a problem. So on the outside, they've got uh, these wonderful robes and broad phylacteries, and everybody knows here comes the Pharisees. But on the inside, we see this corruption. I mean, it's what we've read earlier in Matthew 23 this week, the idea that, well, they bind burdens on people, but they don't keep the burdens and, uh, you know, do as they say, but not as they do. And, And they're proud. These are all the corruptions in the heart. And they jockey for high positions that make them look like they are superior and holier and more righteous than those who are around them. They say long prayers to make it look mm-hmm. like, see how spiritual I am. But then behind the scenes, they're devouring widows' houses. And e- so even the prayers are often for the applause of men. Yes. And so Jesus says to them, look, you guys are blind. You are cleaning the ends at the outside of the cup, but not the inside of the cup. Because on the outside, you appear holy, you appear righteous, but inside you've got greed and self-indulgence. You know, um, Pharisee, there's a, there's a lot of things that the Lord condemns them for. It's not a good name to call somebody. I think uh, uh, today, you know, it's a word that gets thrown around sometimes, particularly leveled at people who have a respect for Bible authority or interested in the scriptures, right? But, but, but what Jesus gets after these guys for time and again is hypocrisy, playing at it. Adding their own things, I, I guess what I guess what I'm getting at is there's nothing good much to be said about the Pharisees because of what the Lord calls out. Well, Jesus never but rebukes the Pharisees. But he uses it in a different way than a lot of times we hear it bandied about today. Jesus never rebukes the Pharisees saying, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you obey the law. Yeah. He you never don't see says that. One, that. Do we? He never says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you are concerned about authority. He does not say, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you want to be distinct and distinguished from the world, which is how the Pharisees sect essentially began. Because of the dispersion, there was so much influence among the Jews coming from the Greeks. This group of Jews grew up to say, we need to be different. Mm -hmm. We are not supposed to be influenced by the Greeks. We are not supposed to be Hellenized. Mm -hmm. We Mm -hmm. are supposed to be distinct and separate. And, And the law has been given to us so that as we live by the law, we can be holy Mm -hmm. rather than common and Vulgar, vulgar is really the right word, though today it has connotations we don't necessarily mean right now. But we're not supposed to be common. We are, and that actually was a wonderful beginning and a wonderful claim. But as time went on, mm-hmm. it it had it, it become more about looking different than actually being different. It was more about these external rituals and rules than it was about actually being different from the inside out. And that's what Jesus is bringing up now. You're supposed the the difference is from the inside out. Seems they also became corrupted with power or desiring to have more power sitting in Moses' seat, making sure all the people, you know, bowed to them, kowtowed to them. So he moves on to a discussion of whitewashed tombs, which is which is a similar metaphor. You guys are like whitewashed tombs. So here's a tomb that's beautiful. It's a monument. It's a memorial. People who would come to it would ooh, and they would ah about the construction and the architecture and well, the and sculpture. Well, it was a place to honor, right? Yeah. Hon- honor maybe some martyr or something. But what's on the inside of that thing? Mm-hmm. Death. Death. Corruption. 
destruction, everything that is unclean. Dead men's bones. And so, yeah, that's right. And declared unclean and again in, in the law of Moses. And in fact, in Numbers 9, 19, 16 through 18, he points out that also the graves are unclean. Mm-hmm. So as whitewashed as it is, if you touch that thing, you have become Defiled, which gets us back to what he's saying about the Pharisees and their hypocrisy and their arrogance and their competition and their honor seeking and in their self righteousness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They travel land and sea to get one proselyte, but they make him twice the child of hell as they are themselves. Why? Because for all of their appearance of righteousness and holiness, they are themselves defiled and therefore defiling. If you follow them, you become like them, and that is unclean. You know, you you bring up that portion of Matthew 23 when he talks about them traveling so far. Uh, I think it's verse 15. You travel land and sea to win one proselyte. When he's one, you've made him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. Think about the effort and lengths that they would go to to recruit into their party, right? I mean, they do not lack for effort in any of these things, um, but it's in all the wrong things, and it doesn't make up for these other sins and corruptions. For us today, I think one of the things we have to recognize is that as we are reaching out to convert, as we are taking the message of the gospel, we have to make sure that it's an inside-out Mm-hmm. Gospel. It's a yeah. gospel that says we're working on your heart. We are changing. We're, it's it's a renewal of the mind. It's a transformation of character from Absolutely. the inside out. Absolutely. It is not just convert to our list of rules about external rituals. Now, I I want to go back to gnats and camels. Are we supposed to be concerned and and make sure to strain out the details about rituals and worship and the pattern for all of that? Of course we are. Of course we are. But remember, there is a priority. Mm-hmm. And, and what mm-hmm. this gospel is supposed to change is not just I go from worshiping with instruments to worshiping without. It's I change in my heart. I become a different kind of person, which then has these external differences in what I do, including how I worship God. Sure, sure. How I treat my neighbor, how I raise a family. I mean, lots of things are supposed to look different as we are following the way of Christ. And this is really about how to overcome sin in general. Mm. Um, you know, one of the struggles is is that when we attack sin, sometimes we try an outside in approach, and it's the idea that if I just if I just stop doing this thing on the outside, I'll be good. Yeah. Now, look, I, I get it. If I'm if I'm a rager at home, I need to stop raging. I need to stop yelling at my wife and my kids. And I I, I know there's a connection. If I If I decide to just go ahead and keep yelling at them, my insides aren't going to change. I know that. But I do need to understand that just because I've decided to white-knuckle my way of, you know what, today I'm just not going to yell, and it's just going to be okay, that is not going to change the inside. But as I change the inside, the outside will also change. As as I become a person that is more focused on peace and love and joy and patience, that's going to get rid of the external. The, the sin that's going on on the outside, but it's an inside transformation that leads to the external transformation. I think about David's prayer, create in me a clean heart, O mm. Lord. And that's what the gospel can do. That's what Jesus does. 
And, and, you know, these Pharisees needed it bad. We need it bad. The clean heart that comes with the gospel and let a life and the issues of life spring forth from it. It's what God promised for Israel through Ezekiel. You know, I'm going to give you, I'm going to create in you a new spirit. I'm going to renew your heart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's, that's the promise for us with the gospel, that there's going to be an internal change that grows and shines externally. But we need to understand that it will not work the other direction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is about cleaning the inside of the cup, getting the corruption out, and then then we are a monument to God and his glory that does not defile and make others unclean. I think we're uh, time to wrap up today. I guess it's my turn to pray. <laughs> kind of giving me the signal there that nobody can see because we're not videoing. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> Holy God, thank you so much for the day. We ask that you would provide us with new hearts and new spirits, that you would transform us and renew our minds, that we would approve and prove what is excellent. Lord God, we love you so very much. Thank you for loving us first. It's through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. Good morning, Andrew. Good morning, Edwin. <laughs> it's my throat. <clears> throat. Try that again. Good morning, Batman. <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> kind of nailed it. <laughs> I mean, you really got it. You should. I did. You should go audition today. Yeah, I should today. I today I might get the part. <laughs>